UtilityMuffinLabs.com is the source for podcasts like 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, the NerdWords podcast, and the Playing Hooky podcast, to name a few. We offer gaming, music, and pop culture content, as well as graphic and audio design, voice talent, and more. Go to UtilityMuffinLabs.com to commission us for your audio needs, digital artwork, and advertising opportunities. UtilityMuffinLabs.com, consistently rated adequate. This is 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective podcast brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome to another episode of 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. My name is Nathan. And I'm Bob. And uh, Bob, first of all, I want to say, hey, it was good to see you during Gen Con. How are you? I'm living. This is a good thing. Yeah, um, I was uh, I was hearing uh, about you being kind of struck down by your illness upon return home. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a story with that we can get into later. So sure, <laughs> for now. we're going to do something a little bit different today. Um, every once in a while, we have like a cool person on to talk about something Vampire the Masquerade related. So without any ado, I'd like to introduce Thomas from Flyos Games. How are you today? I'm very good. Let me just start by asking you um, for people that aren't familiar with. Um, who you are or why you would be on our podcast. What brings you to our neck of the woods? Well, uh, I've been uh, invited by you guys and I was in contact with you prior to the Gen Con to actually talk about uh, Vampire the Masquerade Chapters, the board game. And uh, it's kind of weird to be introduced as being cool. Uh, I'm not used to that. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we, uh, since I'm, uh, I'm a huge fan of your podcast and, uh, I'm a huge fan of Vampire the Masquerade. I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to c- contact them and try to talk about what we are trying to build at Flyos Games and talk about it because I'm sure there is a lot of people that would love to hear about it. Absolutely. So I know uh, I, I was interested in it, but like I really didn't know what the game was even about. And uh, seeing it at Gen Con really, I think, made a major difference. I don't know. What do you What do you think, Bob? Uh, I think I was stunned uh, more than anything. I've seen uh, Betrayal on a House in Someone's Haunted Hill. And I got to tell you off the bat, I was uh, I was impressed because it didn't feel like that game. Yeah. You know, it's uh, that's that's hard to do. You think about it. It's a board game, right? You want to say that. Except it's called Vampire Chapters. And then when Thomas walked over and started talking about it, and I'm looking at this board piece, I remember Nate picking up one card. And it was something about a bloody knife and if you're going to use it or not. Like what? It's like it just direct in your face action. I was like, wow. <laughs> All right, there's some stuff going on in this game that I got to know about. Whereas before, other things seemed dry. You know, like uh, like you're going up Advanced Monopoly with the family. Maybe it's going to be fun. <laughs> right. Depends your energy. So, Thomas, can you can you just tell us a little bit about what Chapters is and and like just give us kind of like I guess the elevator pitch of what the game actually is? Sure. Uh, well, as uh, as Bob actually uh, was surprised uh, at the Gen Con, and I and I saw him like with you know d- dilated pupils, like yeah, we we need to to work on our uh, elevator pitch. And uh, well, basically, Vampire the Masquerade chapter is it, it's a World of Darkness narrative and core board game. Uh, it's taking place in Vampire the Masquerade universe. Uh, the goal is to leave a thrilling adventure. Uh, where two mechanisms are actually in place. There is the tactical combat and there is the branching dialogue mechanisms. Um, This will impact your choices and the consequences. So it will impact your story and how you live it. Think of it as a RPG in a box where you have all the campaigns pre-made and you can live an adventure in Montreal and discover the dark hidden secret of it. Um, the Sabbath fell. The Second Inquisition um, killed it all. So you can play uh, one of the ninth playable vampire character, uh, all represent, uh, represented by each clan. Um, you have 40 sealed scenario campaign. You can play solo or with your friend. How does one play solo? Because that was the most intriguing part <laughs> to me. Well... That's exactly why we, we, we brought the, the prologue of the Gangrel at Dencon, and you were able to see one tile uh, for the scene in, uh, in place. Uh, this prologue is, is made to actually introduce one character 
one clan and one mechanism. So uh, it, it's kind of a bite-sized introduction to uh, all the components of uh, the board game, of, of chapters. So basically, you can play all the prologue for each vampire clan where you will discover your character and what it's basically is role in the coterie. Um, you can play solo because, you know, at the beginning of the the, the, the idea, the, the, the first inception idea we had with it is we, it's very hard to play with friends at uh, Vampire the Masquerade chapters. We all want to do it. We've been playing for 18 years now, every week, every two weeks, every month, and we want to play more. But we can't because, you know, uh, this friend has baby. Uh, this friend is very exhausted by his job. Or, and we are in Montreal, so there is another reality of it. Sometimes there is, I don't know, four foot of snow just dropping on you in one night so you can move your car. And it's like, yeah, we want to play Vampire the Masquerade chapters, but we can't. All the coterie and all the pairs are not here. So what if we make an RPG campaign in a box? And this is where it, it, it all started. So now you can play solo the venture if you want to go with a, a more branching dialogue system. You can go with a very more uh, physical and combat tactical approach with the Bruja. But it doesn't mean you're stuck here. You, you, you get your character preset because the, the, the story begins at a, a very specific point. But mm-hmm. then you get some experience point and you can customize your character however you really want it. Yeah, I, I had noticed um, also like your your combat system is a very c- cinematic like card playing system as well. Um, is that something that um, you can take advantage of while playing uh, like by yourself if, if you were doing that? Oh, of course. Uh, the, the goal of this uh, very um, illustrated uh, action combat card is to sh- show you what you're doing to... Because you are playing miniatures on the tile and your miniatures, you can move it around. You can pick and choose your uh, action combat card. So you literally see your character doing it. And the goal is to uh, be able for for all the the, the players to close their eyes and see the character moving. Um, So yeah, it's you going to be really in that tile, in that period, and you're going to play that character. So, yeah, it's really uh, thrilling. Uh, what are some of the ways players will get to actually explore role-playing uh, during playing the game? Well, um, there is cues uh, all the time during uh, pretty much every scenario where, uh, depending on your um, clan, you can, for example, have a, a very specific effect. And as I said prior, um, you, s- you get a, a preset character because you need to start somewhere and you know pick the role and pick the character at a very specific point. But then you can customize it. So it's your character. It is mm. your project. None of uh, other character will have the same. If you want to push in attributes, in skills, in disciplines, you can push it wherever you want. And then, of course, your choices and uh, consequences. It's going to have a, an impact on the branching scenarios. So if, for example, at the end of scenario number one, you decide to save or kill a very um, important witness, you're going to branch to scenario number two or number three. And this is the direct consequences of your action. So depending on your clan, depending on how you want to play, depending on your choice, for example, in the first prologue, you can start with a knife in your hand or you can start bare hand. You can start injured or full ill. And same for your opponent. He can start wounded or uh, with an advantage of you. So basically, all of your uh, action and choices is going to have consequences. I feel like we may have just slightly waxed over the fact that um, you mentioned that Montreal, um, being a Sabbat city, as it's been known for many years, has fallen. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of restrictions on what you can and can't talk about in that regard. But um, what information can you give us about how the Sabbat has been impacted by the Second Inquisition and anything else that's happened and how it regards, uh, how, how it actually affects this game. Sure. Uh, I, I'll try to, to be as thorough for uh, your listeners and the fan of uh, Vampire the Masquerade, but of course, we don't want to spoil anything, right? So basically, Montreal has been one of the first cities to fall. 
and um, First Light was able to clean the Sabbath off Montreal. Doesn't mean they're all dead, but uh, Old Covenant have been, uh, yeah, really impacted. And the Camarilla uh, used that opportunity to took over the, the city. Uh, the Anarch were on the edge of it because the Sabbath was too powerful to try to, 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 to make an incursion. So there is Anarch on the border of Montreal. There is the Camarilla in the middle of it trying to grab the city because it's a fleeting power and they're just really brand new in the, in the area. But there is still some uh, pocket of Sabbaths, of course. And, you know, they, um, they've been here for more than 400 um, years old. So there is still a lot of archive. There is a, st- a lot of lore. There is a lot of thing to discover in that city. It doesn't mean that because the Sabbath uh, Kainite are dead, that uh, it's not full of it and of its essence. So, yeah. Uh, all the covenant are, have been impacted. See it as Mexico City being uh, retaken as well. Uh, it, it's pretty much that. I was curious about one thing. I remember reading the one of the pillars of Empire chapters that story-driven scenarios to stay fresh and frightening. Yeah. Seeing as it's a board game field on specific rules, how do you drive the story? Well, th- we have a branching scenario system. Uh, where uh, depending on your choice and action, you're going to experience one side of the story. So imagine you're more um, uh, or a PG fan, like you're the regular Vampire the Masquerade uh, tabletop player that you know wants more a political-driven action and more um, something based on dialogue process. That's fine. You can take any uh, character that see fit to your uh, ambition and you can experience one side of the story. But since it's... Um, a scenario-driven uh, and branching scenario uh, story, you can take another um, character after your first uh, playthrough and re-see the, the history hook with a different character. So you always, you're always going to see the same story, but with a different in- uh, angle. And on the scenario side, we are working with scenarists, uh, people that are actually working on uh, you know, escape book, on people that um, drive and um, and, and re- write comics, so we have a big uh, team working with us on this, just to make sure that everything has a very uh, you know interesting pace, uh, in- interesting stories. Uh, we've been playing Vampire the Masquerade for eighteen years, so in, in terms of lore, in terms of uh, how the game plays, we know it very well. So. What we want to do is give that kind of a best campaign you ever had in a box. And that's what we are trying to do with that story. I have a question. I think um, probably any like aspiring creator might want to ask, um, how, how did you folks end up um, coming about making this game, communicating with White Wolf? How, how, how did all this stuff come about? How did that get started? Well, it's we've uh, we've made two games already. The first one was a uh, Kiwitin. It was a family uh, fast-paced games with a lot of you know um, intense reverse uh, situation where uh, things can be turned upside down in a moment. So we always wanted to have that kind of a thrilling game and kind of a feeler. The second one was more strategical uh, with more a combat style approach, and we always wanted to to make something out of it. We always dreamed about uh, impacting the lore of uh, Vampire the Masquerade and giving something to do back to the community because it was very important to us. At some point, Vampire the Masquerade was something major in our life and it still is. So there was always a plan of making something out of it and using that passion to, to, to fuel our, um, yeah, the best project we ever worked on. And that's what we're trying to do now are uh, people that we used to see as, you know, uh, idols and they're now our colleagues and it, it's kind of crazy. So last year um, we went to um, Gen Con to meet uh, the, the, the White Wolf crew and we talked with Donai and we were supposed to have a 30 minute uh, meeting, but we were geeking out. We were talking about Yamichi Nocti, we were talking about La Sombra, we were talking about all the characters we had through the Ventry, the Gangrel. Like, we were fans of Vampire, that's it. And because of that, they saw that we were, you know, really, really deep in the lore and we knew pretty much it all. So they say, you know what? Yeah, we see that 
you care about it. You care about what you're doing. So yeah, let's hear you pitch. Um, and uh, let's meet in two or three months. Talk about what you have in mind. And uh, let's go from there. So we met three months later. And we explained them what we had in mind and the story and what we wanted to do with Montreal because we live in Montreal. We know it by heart. It, we've been living here for more than 10 years. So, And, you know, we were ready and set to explain why this, why that, why the Sabbath fell, what's going to happen and, and this and that. And we finished the pitch big silence for like maybe 10 seconds and then approved it was <laughs> it's like okay we got validated like right here right now and yes it was because we worked so hard on this it, it, it was completely fluid and yeah it made sense for them too as well so yeah being validated so fast so hard by you know, so some people have been working there for 20 years. It's, yeah, okay, we are doing what we want to do. And we're not going to compromise on quality. We're not going to compromise on what we want to deliver. I've been uh, discussing chapters a bit. And one of the things someone told me, they said, Dear God, what sort of morality system do they put into a game where, where we can control the flow of the story? So that's my question to you. Is there like a humanity scale that you have to obey? or Of course. Humanity okay. is the, 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 the threshold that, um, you know, impacts your character. You are a monster losing its uh, humanity. There is a beast inside of you trying to push, to kill, to drink, to take control, to not be afraid to control your environment. This is, yeah, Cain is in your blood. So you if you don't have this, you're not playing a vampire game story. So right. we made a humanity scale for uh, your uh, character, for your country, same thing for the masquerade breach level, because this will affect what interaction you're going to have with other vampires, but also other human you can talk to. So if, for example, you are committing yeah, horrible crimes and this will impact your humanity when you're going to talk to uh, different humans, they will feel that you are a predator. They will feel it. It's going to be harder for you to talk. It's going to be harder for uh, you to convince other people. And if you scale too well, too deep into that, you can actually lose your character. So yeah, it, it is real <laughs> RPG in a box. If you want to 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 you know be a savage, well, yeah, you're gonna have consequences as well. To, to finish on the masquerade level, um, as you um, as you understand, uh, the, the the Sabbath just get burned big time right. by the Second Inquisition. Think of it as the historical um, moment, pretty much as you know the Night of Broken Crystal, where uh, it, it um, shattered uh, the Europe right before the the, the Second World War. Uh, the I think in it's the Broken Nacht or something like this in, in, in German. But yeah, it, it is an historical moment where everything just turned upside down. But the Second Inquisition were very, very well uh, coordinated to do that. So you're still looming over Montreal thinking that, yeah, it's safe. We've purged the city. But if you're, trying, uh, if you're doing some masquerade breach, this will also impact how they're going to react. So if you make some bad decision or some, you know, uh, rash decision. Yeah, you can expect not only humanity to go down, but the eye of the Inquisition to look over you. And that's really not cool. I am curious, though. So if we have the, we have morality in place, we have uh, assorted clans, what's your favorite clan? <sighs> that's so hard. That's so hard. <laughs> it's not fair, Nathan. Okay. Um, I've played maybe... Two or three Nosferatu, um, one Malkavian. And right now, I'm playing, uh, yeah, of course, I've played a, a Banu Akim, I've played a, a Gangrel Abruja, a Kaitif as well. But right now, I'm playing in the V5, I'm playing a Ventru, and I'm loving it. The, the, how the, the, the fortitude power works against the presence, against the, the dominate, and how dominate and presence uh, combine power. Uh, works it is i'm i'm dominating everyone around me uh in a very sneaky manner because they can't 
uh, understand that I'm doing it. And the point for me is to, for this character arc, is to show that power corrupt and absolute power absolutely corrupt. And my goal is, for example, what I'm playing, uh, you know, on a more uh, personal uh, campaign, just to have fun and to, to stay connected to, to that realm, is to uh, be killed by my uh, Kurtory gang. Because, yeah, Venture can be very, very uh, controlling. And at some point, if you are not smart enough and you're too obvious uh, in, in that regard, yes, it, it can be really hard. So uh, I'd say I, I love playing with the venture right now, but I have a, I have a tattoo. Uh, well, actually, we, we both have a tattoo. My, Gary Petr, my co-founder and uh, best friend, uh, we, uh, we have kind of a BFF uh, tattoo uh, based around Tampa um, de Masquerade where I have a Malkavian uh, broken glass tattoo with a Bruja um, shattered glass sign of it. So I'm Alf Malkavian. Mm. And my Gary has a Malkavian as well, but more with a Torador uh, rose in it. So he's half Malkavian and uh, Torador as well. So yes, it's a BFF tattoo and we are very proud of it. <laughs> I actually took note of that when I saw you at Gen Con. <laughs> I'm always on the lookout for, uh, for you know, vampire tattoos. What's well, a go with your corrupted arm of Fomori? No, I was just commenting about your worm totem you call an arm. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> because this is kind of taking place in a uh, in a v5 scenario where it's kind of like we're learning about what what's new in the world what's different what's changed are we going to interact with any like canon characters are there going to be like any kind of beckets or you know anybody we might recognize in this game uh either now or are there plans for that in the future yes yes of course but we don't want to uh you know to to make some fan services uh question or a uh, plug it, it's not like you know, right. let, let's let's get uh, Lucita and Beckett just because it's Lucita and Beckett. Love them, of course. I'm actually rereading all the, the, the clan novel book from 1999 because, yeah, they're great. And um, we love that. But as we, we explain and as we uh, build this uh, project, it's a story-driven board game. So it has to serve the story first. That's our main concern. We want to... Uh, make the best story we can, and if uh, plugging or making one, um, you know, canon, uh, canon and respected and known character part of that story, and that it serves the story, that's well, yeah, that's fantastic. But we're not gonna plug someone known just because it it is known and famous. We want to have something that makes sense that serves the story first. No, and, and you can play any kind of uh, sect. Uh, you, you know, there is the Camarilla and the Anarx, so you can play uh, Toretto, Ventru, Malkavian, Nosferatu, Tremere, and Kaitif on the Camarilla side. And on the Anarx, you can play Gangrel and Bruja. So it, it, it is, you know, the, the well-known and uh, not basic clan, but yeah, kind of. Um, and you can play them all. You, you can play one character and you have a character sheet. That means that it is your character. But if, for example, you play solo the Bruja, and um, your friend come and he really wants to play the Bruja and start this game again, you can, you know, take that character sheet on the side, pick another Bruja one, give it to your friend, play the Ventru because you, you wanted to have a more dialogue but uh, experience with him, and you can start over and replay the game as much as you want with a different character. Um, yeah, that, the point is to, to, to see the whole story from different angles. So it, it is a replayable game. And it is a, a game where the more you play, the more details and deep you can go. So I did notice um, your uh, your character sheets for the different clans. They definitely had like a, um, a resemblance to Bloodlines. Is that something that influenced you guys when you um, sat down to design these characters or design this game? Yes and no. Um, we've, of course, loved uh, Bloodlines. Now we should call it Bloodlines Blood 1, of course, because the 2 is coming up. Right, right. But yeah, it, 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 it was, it, it's really hard uh, for uh, everyone to understand how um, a board game or a video game is different uh, compared to uh, the media impact, uh, how you can play it. So, for example, we've uh, streamlined some of the skills. We've streamlined the attributes. There is no strength, dexterity, 
and uh, stamina, there is a physical attribute, just one. Because you don't need more in, in terms of um, details for a, a board game. You need to streamline everything because you want everything to be balanced. So, for example, the skills are automatic success uh, because you don't want to, have, uh, to, to throw buckets of dice to have, uh, on a long term, a medium number of success. You want to have something consistent because uh, too much random in a board game is going to really impact the, the experience play of the characters and the, the players. So we want something more uh, easy to uh, to play. But yeah, the, to see the skills and uh, in Bloodlines inspired us, but we also, and first, had to make sure that the experience in combat, in dialogue, would be uh, something enjoyable and not close to the lore, just to be close to the lore, but that could actually save their game. Now that you're talking about kind of like um, the balancing aspects of it, the differences between like a board game, a tabletop role-playing game and a video game, can you just give us like a, give us like a brief synopsis of how a typical game would play out? Like just from start to finish, you know, just maybe between two players and you don't have to go overly long, but just so like people can maybe visualize what, you know, we've kind of like talked about the game, but like, I don't know that we've had like an actual explanation of how the player would start the player would find victory at the end and what really would happen in the middle. Do you mind just giving us like a quick walkthrough of a typical game? Of course. Uh, well, let's start by uh, you opening the box. The box is, of course, uh, well-crafted and you open it and you try to have a look at the different characters available. So your two players, you decide to go um, with, a, you know, a balanced team, someone very good in social because it is a narrative story-driven cooperative game. So you want to cover that aspect, right? And the other one is much more, mm, you know what, I'm going to go with a, a more tactical combat approach. So right. uh, you go with the Gangrel Buja, and the other one goes with the Ventru and the Toreador. Um, of course, the Melkivian and the Nosfera too are more investigation uh, role, uh, but they can mix. Uh, as we said, you, you can pick it up and, you know, customize your character after some experience point. So it's it, it just the start. So you start with the prologue for both your character. It explains you how to play your gang role, how the combat works, and what's your clan and what image you have of that clan as well. Uh, and then same for your, um, the other, the second player where you play, for example, the Ventru, and you have this conflict between a Malkivian and a Bruja uh, based on an on issue on a feeding ground. And you need to, um, you know, find a compromise so the Anarch and the, uh, the, the, the Camarilla that are very uh, new in this area does not explode, and you need to keep the peace. So as a Ventru, you need to make sure everything stays stable. And... You can go one way or, uh, uh, or the other. You can finish with uh, some advantages on the first scenario. But at the end of it, you played both prologue and you had both a look on how the dialogue branching uh, decision works and how the combat works. And then you start the, the, the scenario number one. You can decide your approach based on uh, what you want to do and you, your decision. But imagine for uh, the sake of the argument, you need you are in one place and you need to go uh, from this tile to the next one. Uh, there is a guard between you. You can decide, for example, to um, sneak behind him. You can uh, sneak and um, knock him out. You can try to go talk to him, and maybe he's going to let you go if you're good with uh, you know arguments. And then you can try to talk to him, and things turn sour, and you punch him in the face. So you will finish that first scenario with uh, one specific end. This will give you some experience point and some uh, reward based on how you played it. And then it will indicate you that you can go to scenario number two or number three. So you are free to do whatever you want. You can decide your approach. You cho your choice will have consequences, of course. Uh, you have uh, a tile for this scenario. You have your miniatures, of course, representing your characters. You have event card that can happen at a, a very specific moment or not. Um, you have dialogue and you have some, um, yeah, uh, dices, of course. We love dice. So you uh, start the scenario by going in it, try to, to, to read the goal of that uh, scenario. You live through it. 
with a, a more tactical uh, a discussion or a, a hybrid approach, you finish that scenario and then it's going to indicate you what's going to be your next step and what's going to be the next scenario you're going to play. You're going to be rewarded by uh, experience points that you will be able to use to um, customize and improve your character. Like a regular tabletop RPG Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, well, tell you what, knowing that Vampire Chapters is going to be a huge hit, I know these things. Trust me, I know it is. <laughs> any idea on any other White Wolf products to meet a role-playing board game, such as Where of the Apocalypse? Well, uh, I'm not going to be able to, to, to say anything about uh, Werewolf. I'd love to. We've played it uh, as well. Uh, I'm a Shadow Lord, if you ask me. Uh, and... Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, we what we really like uh, about White Wolf, and we have so much support and love from them, it's overwhelming. To be really honest with you, uh, we feel uh, we feel at home, and it's kind of crazy. But when you start um, writing the lore of it, there is so much licensee, there is so much, uh, you know, people working on uh, Chicago by night, on London by night, on Blood Cult, on. Uh, this and that and all the things that could actually happen uh, that you need to have one repository um, timeline where uh, you got accepted by White Wolf and then everything has to be, you know, respected by every other uh, third parties associated with it. And what I can tell you is that this timeline makes sense. Uh, things are going to be awesome. And uh, how we are, we have direct access to that timeline in uh, Vampire. It is a very good timeline. And seeing how they are organized, I am sure um, that Werewolf, if uh, it's going to come soon, it's going to be great. But of course, I can't tell you anything. I don't have any information I can tell you about. Uh, we'd love to have uh, something uh, on uh, Werewolf, and I'm sure it is planned. But I don't have any physical proof, rumors, or inside to tell you that, yes, there is something coming up. I hope, and I'm sure when it's going to be released, it's going to be crazy good. Okay. Now, I asked you knowing you couldn't answer that question, <laughs> and here's why. Every time me and Nate have interviewed anybody, what happens immediately afterward, they listen to the interview... One of the questions I asked, why didn't you guys ask about Werewolf? Right. <laughs> I'm always like, well, because it wasn't that interview. But I agree with you. I already know it's going to be a huge hit, and I want more chapters. That's what I'm looking for. I haven't even played the game yet. I already know I want to go to the next one. So I was already greedy for more. <laughs> I'm already grabbing. Already grabbing. So when uh, when this game comes out and um, you know the, the, the tabletop board game community grab onto it and um you know we've we've played some other vampire games that might be a little bit more difficult to to get might might require more people than we have access to but this one i think because you can play it with one person you can play it with two people you can play it with three people you know however many you want it, it's going to be a, a, a i think it'll have a much wider appeal once that happens because we know it's going to happen what is uh what's on the horizon for you guys for the future? Now we noticed the Banu Hakim uh, kickstart. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Maybe any other plans you might have planned uh, down the road? Of course. Um, basically, what we're trying to do first is to make the best game possible, and for that we've created uh, two things: uh, one website that you can easily find on Google and typing "Vampire: The Masquerade Chapters." Um, on this, you're going to have all the information that you want. You can also subscribe to a newsletter. The goal of that is to have all the community ready to back us day one because day one on Kickstarter is very, very important. Uh, the algorithm of a Kickstarter makes that if day one you explode or you fulfill the, the, yeah, the crowdfunding goal, uh, you can be pushed forward and you can be pushed as much as doubling that amount the next day. So the more we have, the more stretch goal we can make, the more money we have to increase even better the quality of the game. So the goal is to have everyone backing us day one if they're interested to, 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 you know, to support uh, this project. So that's exactly why we, we gave uh, and we uh, announced on Gen Con 
that people back in us D1 on uh, Kickstarter is going to have the Banuek Kim uh, extension added for free. So you will be able to play that Banuek Kim. Uh, it is uh, an independent, so it, it's not related to Camarilla or Anarch. You know, it's it's a Banuek Kim. They, they, they have a special place in our, in our earth. So yes, it, it is... Uh, something very important. And then in terms of um, timeline for the future, uh, of course, we already have an expansion. We uh, planned. Uh, it's pretty much approved. I cannot per se give you more uh, insight on that, but I can give you an hint. Um, it's, it takes place in Montreal, of course, because it's chapters one Montreal and we mm -hmm. have more. Uh, but the expansion is going to take place uh, in the past to explain you what happened at some point <laughs> yeah yeah i saw him like this at gen con and yeah i never saw a tall and big dude being with so much uh, excitement in his eyes and it, it gave us actually <laughs> to have that kind of support so yeah i think we are in a good direction when i see bob being so excited so it's always good to see that you guys are developing kind of like traditional tabletop board games is there any any desire or hope or plans in a short term or long term to like develop source books for vampire the masquerade is that something that you guys are interested in doing or is it just basically going to be you know traditional tabletop board games we uh, we've been playing vampire the masquerade for 18 years and uh, I devoured all the clan book you can imagine. Uh, I've devoured everything related to Vampire the Masquerade. Um, shout out to Litanis de Sang, uh, the, the, the website that actually was more on my uh, you know, bookmark than anything else related to college or uh, high school. Um, <laughs> I was the kind of guy in, a, in, in the tabletop session to if we had kind of a, you know, confusion between uh, the presence um, level number three or four that was able to say, no, presence four is invocation. It's page 234. And everyone was looking at me like, okay, how do you know that? Yeah, I'm reading that book every single month. So yes, of course, we would love to make a source book for tabletop and not only uh, creating a bridge between the board game and the tabletop community because that's what chapters aims at why why there is a, a tactical combat and a, a dialogue branching scenario on a story driven cooperative game it's because we want people that are afraid of going to the rpg and are more used to uh, the you know the board game to be able to have that temptation and opportunity to play something one way have bridges made at some point that say hmm maybe i could try something like that maybe it's not that different of what I'm doing. And same thing for the other side, RPG player that I'm much more story-driven, um, you know, passionate about that say, hey, you know what? Playing with miniatures and tiles and having so much um, opportunity to, to, to have a kind of a combat-driven action or investigation-driven action. Well, yeah, I'm, uh, I came for copper and I found gold. And that's, why, that's what we want to, to do. We want to make a bridge between these communities so we can grow together and bring more people to RPG. So when we, and if we have the opportunity, uh, opportunity to, uh, to make that source book that we want to do, we will definitely jump on it. I like that. Came for copper and found gold. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's one for the books. So how, uh, how was your experience at Gen Con this year? You, you said you had been there last year. How was your experience um, being kind of like front and center at the uh, White Wolf booth? How, how did that go for you guys? It, it was amazing. It was a very, very, uh, you know, uh, th there was a lot of energy uh, that we had to, to push because we were too on the booth that pretty much everyone was going to. So we had kind of a massive traffic. And because we're kind of crazy, I told you, we're, we're both Malkavians. Uh, we, we did uh, a bite contest. Basically, we we're ending out um, card, business cards. Say, hey, you've been beaten by a vampire. And come to see our booth. And you can play and win a set of miniatures. 
And yeah, it spread. It spread big time. And we only bought, I think, 500 of this car just, you know, playing safe because we are indie uh, board game creators. So we have to be very careful on our cost-benefit uh, cost ratio, make, making sure that everything that we do is going to help the project to grow. So right. we only came with 500. And after day one, there was only like 100 left. 400 people came day one Thursday, just jumped on it because the two door that was pretty much the base, the, 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 the main entrance was merging on our booth and we were just yeah. out of it. And it was amazing. We had so much people from the community coming to see us, congratulate us, saying that they are very excited about it, that they want to back us day one. Like you could see the excitement of Bob in every single person <laughs> and yeah it, it it gives us the strength and trust to say yeah we are on on the good path good direction we want to deliver the best game possible and it, it was amazing to really be you know in the center of this community that they were looking at us and say yes we we didn't know we wanted to have that kind of game. I didn't know I wanted and I needed that bad. It's, it is exactly what I was looking for. I want to play with my friend, but they're not always available. And I want to play that game on my own at some point. And I don't mind paying uh, extra amount of dollar to have you know, the, the best possible game I can have on Vampire the Masquerade. And yeah, it is. it, it was crazy. You know, like we were working with our yeah, idols, and now they were, they are your colleagues, and you used to be a fan, and now you are giving some uh, happiness to other fans. It, it is kind of crazy. So that's right. amazing. And yeah. same time, our second game uh, uh, until daylight was, um, you know, very um, a, a very small amount of copies uh, brought by Asmodi to to um, to Gen Con because we were not ready. We are still actually distributing and shipping our games to, to backers. Uh, so, of course, we're trying to have for, for all the backers to have their game before distribution because uh, you, you give trust and money, you're going to have your game first. That's right. what we're trying to do. Right. And, but they airship, because they, they trust so much Good the game, they airship the game to Gen Con. And there was only 100 of them, but they were sold in not even a day. So it was a rush of happiness because of this. And then a rush of happiness because everything went so smooth with White Wolf team. And then a rush of happiness, uh, hearing and having such a, a good feeling from the community. And yeah, it was overwhelming. It was amazing. And that was the best Gen Con we ever um, went to. Well, I got to tell you, the win for me was uh, when I started checking out the, the game, I was like, chapters, okay, great. Um, looks Looks awesome. I told you, I was told about it before even talk to you about it, and then when I get to the booth, I'm sitting there looking at it. I don't like board games. You gotta understand that. I, I don't. Like, I'm the, I'm the guy who, when you say, we get together with the family at the cabin, out comes, like, Monopoly, and Bob's already planning on taking a nap. Like, somewhere he's gonna find me in the woods asleep with a bear, curled up, having a day, doing something. But this really got me interested. It just, it drew you in. For all the things we already talked about, and that's what I think is unique the most, to hear that I wasn't the only person to make that statement. That there were others who, you know, just, they weren't looking for another board game. This isn't just another board game. And that's what I have to, I gotta hammer that home. I mean, I remember, well, I could tell you this. Game of Thrones came out with their own Risk game. And my family got it for me. So like, oh, Game of Thrones, you love that stuff. Here's this Risk game. I have yet to play it. Right. <laughs> right? And it's, and it's because you basically got me Risk that looks like Game of Thrones. And I gotta read more, uh, whatever. I'm over here in this, I'm over here now. But Chapters is like... If you want to know what V5 is like, if you want a taste of what that chapter is going to be for that element, it makes you feel like you're missing something if you don't have this game. That's what I like about it. That excitement hasn't captured me in some time. Well, thank you. That's uh, coming from you guys. It, it, it means a lot. We, yeah, it's a full-time job. We are 100% of our time. And, you know, emails never stops. Like at 11 p.m., sometimes... Yeah, you need to work on this. 100% of our time is dedicated to making the best game possible because we know what 
the community or not not a community that would be uh, you know uh, kind of a too big and too 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 heavy to to carry but what we want as player what i want as a player is a board game that is a rpg in a box where i can play alone where i can play the venture if i want to and discover other uh, game but i want that feeling that if i do a mistake yeah they will have some consequences for sure uh, i want to play the nosferatu i want to play the the, the tremere i want to play i want to play them all like, let's right. be honest i want to play right. them all right and I, I want to play them in, uh, and I want it to have an impact. It's not, you know, just a game where, uh, yeah, it, it's a skin of a uh, existing game with some vampire skin on it. No, it is low-wise canon. It is uh, canon in the game. It is canon in the, the way you play. You have anger game, uh, anger dice. So yes, it, it is a V five game. It's not only a game where you throw dice. And no, it it is. Right now, and will also, uh, I hope, in the future, impact the story of Vampire the Masquerade, and that's very excited to to work on this. That was one of the things that really I, I found to be um, captivating about this game was that you know, as an adult, a working professional, you probably have the same problem that we all do, and you've mentioned it earlier. It's hard to get everybody at the table. It's hard to find that one person who's willing to dedicate their spare time to working out a story, and then running a game. And what I saw when I when I watched this game and I saw it played out as you explained it to us at the booth, I was like this is this is a stopgap. This is a way for people who want to play this game, who want to know more about it, to pick it up and play by themselves or play with, you know, their girlfriend, their boyfriend, whatever, and when the time comes, maybe they'll be the one that goes, "I want to run a story. I want to do the whole thing myself." And invite my friends over to my table. I, I think that that's the biggest thing that this community needs. And, and I think that the tabletop gaming community as a whole needs is something that bridges that gap between curiosity and play. Yes. Fear. Fear is your worst enemy. Because right. everyone thinks like, yeah, um, I'm not a nerd. I, I'm a geek. I'm not a geek. I'm this and that. Like, stop building some uh, you know, wall on, on what you are and what you want and what you like. And if you have the, uh, the opportunity to be introduced as a board game uh, addict to a role-playing game and you see, hmm, yeah, actually, that's I'm having so much fun. Uh, I was not ready to buy the book to uh, bring people to make some character shit because, yeah, I was afraid of it. But now that I've been introduced to the vampire universe, I'm ready to jump. I'm ready to to, to create a, a game. I'm ready to, to create a campaign. And that's what we are aiming at. That's why White Wolf was so excited about that game because it will create more RPG player. We're trying to, you know, make it bigger than it is, creating a, a better uh, tomorrow for the Wall of Darkness universe. That's why we are so committed and passionate about it because that's what we want to do. On that note, can you tell us like when the Kickstarter is going to go live, what we can expect, and just give us the, the details about um, the future for this game? Sure. Yeah, because you have some lie on your website that says 2020. I'm not believing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Q1 2020 uh, for the Kickstarter. So the Kickstarter is going to be, for now, we, we say Q1 because we if we need to adjust uh, you know, the date uh, from uh, a week or so, we can do it. But we are aiming at February. Uh, 2020 um, all the information and all the, the the details are available on our website and i strongly encourage you to uh, subscribe to the newsletter we don't spam we don't like to spam people uh, it's basically hey we're going to be live in a week hey we're going to be live tomorrow if you want to back us and get the banua kim extension for free well now is your time but we also have a facebook group um, that is solely for the community uh, and when we have questions about, hmm, how do you play a Tremere? How do you play Malkavian? What's your favorite plan? Uh, how excited you are about this aspect or that one? We ask the community because we know that transparency and, you know, community can be a very good tool to create the, the, the game that we want to. We are playing one type of uh, tabletop, but everyone is playing it a little different. Some people only play the feeding part because they, they, they are thrilled by it. Some people want to play more uh, local, corrupt community 
where you try to 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 uh, to take control of one territory. Some other play a romance. Some other play a different approach. So what we need is to have all the community available uh, in this group and the newsletter where they can help us build the, the, the game. It is our game, guys. It, it's not Flyos Games. It is the one that we've yeah we've always wanted to have at the beginning of it. We as Nathan said, we were struggling to gather more people to play because it is hard. Like, yeah, life gets in the way. And we want to we wanted to have an RPG in a box, but and a game master free experience as well. But the goal is to make the game that we wanted to play. Our biggest regret is that since we're gonna build that game, we're not gonna be able to play it as, you know, a regular player. Because at the beginning of it, we only wanted to play that game. So anyone was doing it, so we had to take care of it. That, that was the main story, the main idea in the beginning of it. Now, I do request that once the Kickstarter happens and there's, you know, uh, the game is coming out, I request we have you back so you can tell us, you know, how things are going and, you know, the, the snags of, of doing a, a Kickstarter and stuff like that. So if you if you'll come back, we would we would be happy to have you back. Uh, Oh, no, I just got trapped. (laughs) 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 No worries, guys. It's always a pleasure. We we actually really uh, liked, um, yeah, meeting you guys at Gen Con. And uh, we love to do some podcasts. It's kind of new for us. So sorry if I uh, was stuttering at some point or anything, but we are not used to, uh, to get that attention and being the cool kid, as Nathan and Bob said. (laughs) <laughs> anybody can do it and you, the more you do it the better you get at it yes you are quite good then St- n- never stop doing it because yeah uh, i i am a big fan of uh of 25 years of masquerade and actually as i explained to to nathan i'm using it to to do some uh some cardio uh I, I, and uh well it, it's kind of weird because i, I was hoping it wouldn't happen but because i'm switching all the time listening to you guys I, I was afraid of a pavlovian reaction where I <laughs> because i was on it with your voice guys but no well i'm not sweating in montreal i repeat i am not sweating in montreal just wait until you get to hear your own voice played back at you that's going to be a trip so that will never happen my voice, <laughs> my voice and the rest is a fake <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us on our podcast, and I cannot wait until we get uh, our hands on this. And uh, again, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. If you like our podcast and you'd like to help support our show, consider backing us at patreon.com forward slash 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. We offer reward tiers of additional Patreon-only podcasts, t-shirts, and personalized gaming experiences. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and go to our website, utilitymuffinlabs.com, for links to all of our social media, additional podcasts, and more. If you'd like to chat with us, submit a title for review, promote your gaming-related stuff or anything else you can think of email me at nathan at utilitymuffinlabs.com utility muffin labs consistently rated adequate